What's going on, everybody? And welcome to the Mike Janella Show. I'm your host, Mike, obviously. This is my 95th podcast episode. Hopefully, won't be my last. Today, I've got the man who is making history. He's the first ever five-time guest on the Mike Janella Show. Or since we're talking wrestling, maybe uh, the first five-time, 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 five-time is more appropriate uh, guest in Mike Janella Show history. It's that guy, Greg, from ESPN's Cheap Heat. We're doing something fun. I'm asking him 30 different questions, only one minute each, uh, to celebrate the Royal Rumble and preview it this weekend. We talk about Royal Rumble, but also a lot of WWE history, a lot of Bret Hart fun, some Hulk Hogan, and all that kind of cool stuff. So we'll get right to it, but real quick, just want to let you guys know now, follow me on social media if you're new, if you're here because you're a fan of Greg's. I love it, at Mike Janella. Also, make sure to leave a review and a rating on the podcast, wherever you're listening to it, and subscribe. I talk to a lot of cool people uh, every episode that do some fun stuff, and you can go back and listen to old Stack Guy episodes as well. It's all at MikeJanella.com. All right, I'm done talking. Hit his music. Here's Stack Guy Greg. The physically strong one, and now we're going to see what his stamina is like, and I'll tell you what that means in a second. Stack Guy Greg, first member of the Five Timers Club. How does that feel, dude? Oh, man, it feels great. Five times, five times, five times, five times, five times. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) It's been crazy, man. You were one of the first when I started this, and I mentioned the top of the show. This is my 95th episode. We're marching toward 100, which I can't believe. You were like my sixth or seventh ever guest uh, back in like 2015 or something, and you were just getting started on Cheap Heat. I was just starting my podcast. I reached out to you on Twitter, a complete stranger, and you did me the favor. You're like, yeah, I'll come on. It was great, and we've talked since. We've done WrestleMania previews and SummerSlam stuff, and so now we're doing a Royal Rumble, and uh, I can't think of a better person. I would like to be the first five-timer than you, man, so thanks again. Yeah, I'm, I'm honored. I'm honored, man. We hung out in Philly. Yeah. Uh, we text from time to time, so this is great. Yeah, it's uh, good times. New Orleans, we were there at Mania last time together. I'm sure we'll be together at Mania this year. We'll run cross pads. It'll be, it's good. So I'm, I'm glad I got a friend in you and, and a podcast Hall of Famer. But enough of that, because we got an exciting <laughs> podcast to get to today. I always like to, because you're here on the show so often, I like to think of different ways to have some fun. And since we're doing a Royal Rumble, this is what I decided. And you said you were cool with this. But tell me how you really feel now. Royal Rumble, <laughs> we know it's 30 entrants, right? And it's a surprise entrant every, I don't know, they change it every year. It's 60 seconds, 90 seconds, two minutes, who knows. But every year, it's, the music hits, the, clock, the countdown clock comes, music hits, and it's a new entrant in the Rumble. Well, I've got 30 questions lined up for you, Royal Rumble style. We're only going to spend one minute on each one, and then every minute a new question comes in, and we move on. So it's going to be a little bit of rapid fire. It's going to be fun. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do a countdown clock sound effect, but we'll just pretend. Are you ready for this? (laughs) I think I'm ready. It sounds cool until we do it. Just like last year, the WrestleMania all-time card sounded cool until we did it, and I realized that my card was trash. It it worked for me because my card was amazing. Yours was the trash one. (laughs) That wasn't my fault. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. We'll get to, like, question four out of 30 and realize we're spending not enough time or too much time. But the Royal Rumble, for real, it's never the real time they say, right? Sometimes it's, like, four minutes between entrants. Sometimes it's, like, 30 seconds. So we'll be like Vince and just kind of fudge the clock for however we need if we have to. So it's my show. I do what I want. All right. You ready for question number one? 
Yeah, let's do it. All right, now it's going to be a mix here. It's going to be about the Rumble. It's going to be about the Rumble history. It's about WWE history, a whole bunch of different stuff. So some are from people on Twitter. Most of them are from me. We're going to start our first question, and I was going to ask you this anyway, but also Natish on Twitter, at Returns wants to know, our first question, Greg, what's your favorite Royal Rumble ever? Clock begins now. Um, I'm gonna say Rumble '97 was a was a fun one for me to watch. I remember that Brett uh, Austin confrontation in the middle of it. Um, I thought my guy was gonna win. He ended up being one of the last people eliminated. Uh, led led to Brett getting a another title shot, another win, eventually down the road. But for me, that Rumble was really exciting. Um, I know people like to say '92. I'm going to go with 97 as my favorite for bias reasons. 94 is up there, too, for um, obvious reasons as well. Uh, Bret Hart and Lex Luger winning and as Cole. Cole winning the right. Rumble. But 97 for me was exciting. Uh, I have some thoughts on 97, but that's going to be part of a question later. And we only have 15 seconds left. Uh, real quick, my favorite was uh, the one Sean. I know you're not an HBK guy, but the one Sean won where he skinned the cat, knocked out the bulldog, because that was the first time we ever saw that. It was the coolest thing. I was like 10 years old. That was the 95 Rumble, I think. My personal yep, favorite. That was 97. 95. It was a good one, too. All right. Time is up. One minute, three seconds. Hey, we were actually pretty good. Pretty good on time. There. <coughs> question number two. And I think you guys can hear the stopwatch. I'll put it close to the mic so you can hear the sound effect. Uh, question two. What's your favorite individual Royal Rumble performance ever? So pick one guy. It doesn't have to be like your favorite Rumble, but what one guy did in a Rumble. What's your favorite? Go. Favorite individual Royal Rumble performance ever is uh, one girl, Sasha Banks, um, from last year's Royal Rumble. She, I, I believe she came in pretty early, if I'm not mistaken. She and was the one, I think. And she lasted, I think, down to the final three or four. Um, and the way she was eliminated, too, by the Bella Twins, uh, how they how they got her out? It was just it was really action packed, and I don't remember her resting a lot like we usually see what the dudes do in the Royal Rumble uh, when they last forty minutes to an hour. She she really gave it everything. No, she was great, and um, that was a, a great Rumble last year. I'm worried. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be great this year for the women, but last year since it was the first one, they had so many comebacks. It was it was exciting. I hope it's as good this year because last year I thought it was amazing, and um, yeah, Sasha was number one last year. 54 minutes, 46 seconds for her. So not a bad uh, individual performance. Uh, mine was the 97 for Austin. That was when he did the whole, like, checking his watch thing and clearing people out. And if you remember, Austin wasn't over yet. Like, if you go back and watch even the next pay-per-view when the glass hits, the crowd is just dead and no selling it. It was pre-WrestleMania 13, obviously, the double turn. But I think that was, like, a big part in making Austin who he was. Uh, that's my personal favorite. Yeah, because uh, if you remember the the crowd pops when Brett's music hit, and they right. realized that they're about to get them again because they had that match at the Survivor Series um, right before that Rumble. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite like things. If you go back, because then they did that Fatal Four Way or whatever it was called for the In Your House right before between Rumble and Mania that year. And yep. it was Undertaker, Vader, your boy Brett, and Austin. And if you listen to that crowd, the, like the glass smash, we just assume that it's a huge pop now for Austin. But you listen to that. Go back and watch it on the network. It's like dead silent in that arena. It's insane. But now you look back and you can see, like, holy shit, this was a, a superstar being made right in front of our eyes. It was awesome. Um, all right, we're falling behind. Question number three. <laughs> um, 
How would you, if you could, make one change to the Royal Rumble format? What would you do? I don't think I would change anything. I, I like oh. I like the way it, I like everything about the way it flows. Though, so you get the surprise entrances. Actually, what I would change was I wouldn't have people announce that they're entering the Royal Rumble. Just all surprises. All surprises, all the time, and that's it. I would be interested once to see if they did the complete opposite. Like if they announced everyone and when they're going to come in, but they left like say five wild card spots open. Cause then like we, we'd know, okay, spots 15 is going to be, I don't know, one of the guys from heavy machinery and no one's going to pop for that anyway. So at least now we know ahead of time, which numbers to get excited for. I don't think that would work like long-term, but I think one time I'd like to see that just to mix it up a little bit. Yeah. It's just, the worst thing is just when the countdown comes and then it's someone so just that gets no sold for no pop. It's kind of depressing and like sad for those guys, you know? It's, a, it's like, oh man, this guy's not over with anybody, but what are you going to do? Uh, question number four. Uh, this year, we actually do know who's going to be number 30 in both Rumbles, R-Truth and Carmella. Do you like the fact that we know who the last person is and that it's not a surprise? Yes, I'm okay with that. Um, because they earned it and it gives... It makes the Royal Rumble feel more important, um, not just headed towards WrestleMania, but in the lead up to the Royal Rumble, you know, people earning that 30 spot. And um, it's, I don't think it's the first time they announced who number 30 was going to be. I know they used to do the drawings back in the day. And, you know, I feel like some people would say that they were number 30. But, um, but yeah, no, I don't mind it at all. Yeah, I guess... The idea that we don't know, because everyone always assumes that 30th spot is going to be the big surprise, but it really hasn't been for a long time. So I guess I like it that we know not to get our hopes up for like The Rock coming back at 30, but uh, I don't know. I do miss kind of that surprise, but eh, it could, they could do a lot worse. Let me say that. Uh, question number five. I think we talked about this a couple of years ago when we talked before the Rumble. Which wrestler, active roster, and you can do men's and women's, would be the hardest to eliminate if the Royal Rumble was a shoot? Nia Jax, for sure. Um, yeah, I think that's on the, the women's Rumble. On the women's side. Because she's just so, so much more powerful than everybody. Um, you can tell she gives a little bit, probably more than she should in those matches with all these women who are so much smaller than her. She could... Like, she broke Becky Lynch's face by accident. So right. That just shows you what she can <laughs> yeah, do. Yeah, whenever if... it's, like, her and Sasha in a singles match, I always have to really suspend my disbelief. Um, so she's the obvious choice for the women's, I think. I agree. What about for the men's side? And on the men's side, I'm going to have to go Brock because not only is he super strong, but he has that, that shoot wrestling background. So um, I feel like he can outgrapple just about anybody on the roster. And then if they're close to the ropes so or close enough, they just going over. Nothing they can do. Yeah, my first thought was big guy, like whether it's Big Show or Big E, but you get enough guys to team up, and they, I think, just by brute strength would knock him over. Brock actually is kind of an asshole, so I think he would have that part of it, too, yeah. plus the grappling and actual wrestling that you, you talked about. Now, what about question number six in a shoot Royal Rumble of involving all the members of the JWO, so your wrestling podcast Illuminati? Who would win that in a Royal Rumble? Oh, that's me for sure. E oh, wow. Easy. You're easy. just laying yeah, the SmackDown so fast. Yeah, easy. I'm, I'm the physically large, the physically strong. Um, yeah, for sure. Or maybe Dip. Dip might outsmart us. So maybe Dip. 
But, he's um, uh, he'd be like the Jerry Lawler, kind of hiding under the ring for the whole time and trying to get his way in afterwards. Right. He's crafty that way. Right, but but me for sure. All right, not even close. I, I'd like to see the. Although I'm sure most of the guys would probably agree with that because you are just so physically intimidating. Hard to go. Um, by the way, we do have other user questions from Twitter coming up a little bit later. So uh, if you guys asked me something on Twitter, I sent out a little thing. Don't worry, we'll get to those uh, at some point in this 30. All right, we are moving fast now. This is that part of the Rumble where just guys are coming in and filling up the ring. Uh, question number seven. Which surprise entrant would you most like to see in this year's men's Royal Rumble match? Hmm. Which surprise entrant would I most like to see? It could be a legend, someone coming back from injury, an NXT call-up, I think, anybody. I think Velveteen Dream. That would be awesome. Velveteen Dream. And they've done um, that. They've given the NXT guys who aren't getting a call-up just like a little peek in the room. I think they did that with Almas last year, right? Or Andrade. Yeah, Sorry, Almas. Only one name yeah. now. Andrade. They did that with Adam Cole last year, too. I think yep. they did that with uh, Tyler Breeze one year. Came in at number 10. Um, not Tyler Breeze. Ty Dillinger. Oh, you're right. You're right. Dillinger 10. 10, of course. I would love it. I love me some Velveteen, and it'd be awesome to see what he can do there. I also, I know the, the dirt sheets for whatever they're worth saying that uh, KO and Sami Zayn may not be coming back till after Mania, even though they're both healthy. I would love a KO uh, surprise return in the Rumble. Would be awesome, too. Um, Roman Reigns, my personal favorite, would always be a good answer, but I think it's too soon for him to come back, and I would want him to get a better um, comeback than just a random Royal Rumble spot anyway. Um, question number eight, which surprise entrant would you most like to see in this year's women's Royal Rumble match? <sighs> Which surprise entrant? I don't know. I feel like the women's roster is not that deep. And um, maybe Gail Kim, but that's definitely not that's definitely <laughs> not going to happen. Like, absolutely not going to happen. And um, it's tough because they brought back almost every possible legend last year for the first one, right? Was there anybody yeah. that they didn't bring back that we would really want this year? I don't, I don't know. And even, like, for Evolution, so many people mm-hmm. came back for mm-hmm. that, too. So I don't know. Uh, maybe Bianca Belair in the Rumble this year. Oh, there you go. Yeah, go the NXT route. That'd be cool. Yeah. I guess we'll see. Because uh, she's in the title match on TakeOver, right? The night before? She is. Uh, um, so she could be champion when, and, and go into the Rumble. That could be a big weekend for her. That would be such swag. Well, coming into the Rumble with the title belt uh, just from the night before. That'd be pretty awesome. Um, question number nine, then. Who would you book to win this year's women's Royal Rumble match? If you had the book, who's going over? To win this year's women's Royal Rumble match, I would have to choose. It can go a lot of different um, ways depending on what happens in those title matches. So Sasha's got Ronda. Becky's got Asuka. Um, Charlotte and Bailey have nothing to do. But Bailey does feel like the forgotten horsewoman right now so i'm going to have to say she can stay on the back burner and go with naomi my final answer oh that was a swerve in the last second i thought you were going to give it to bailey on the book but naomi i like it yeah. um 
Well, for me, I mean, it all depends, right? I would love to see Becky in it and win it, but I think it's going to have to involve some kind of shenanigans in that match against Asuka first. Um, I would love for her to, like, lose to Asuka because Ronda interferes somehow, and then Becky comes in, and that sets up their thing for Mania. Uh, I'd love Becky to win it. I just feel like we were talking about Austin before in 97. When you're building someone, they need that iconic moment. And Becky's gotten a couple, but I think nothing's more iconic than a Rumble win on your resume, right? So that would be awesome yeah. for me. That's who I would give it to. Um, what about the dudes? Question 10. Who would you book to win the men's Rumble? To win the men's Rumble? Well, I, my pick was going to be Finn Balor, but he had the title match. So well, he's, now he's not winning like, that, so he could still enter the Rumble and win. He's not getting that Yeah, people match. have had title. I think Dolph Ziggler did it one year when he was in the title match and entered the Rumble. But, um, but I'm going to go with Rollins then. If not if not Finn, then Rollins. Uh, yeah, I agree. That's who I would give it to. Um, you need when Roman's gone, you need a top baby face on Raw or a sensible baby face, I guess. And Seth's really the only guy I think that could fill those shoes. And you got to build him up, which they did nicely last year, I think. But yeah, what better than a Rumble win and then ideally a, a Mania win over Brock, and then you have your next superstar, right? That's your that's your top guy then. Yeah, that's how I think they should do it. Yeah, and you got to build new people because they can't just keep relying on these legends all the time. Um, so Seth seems as good a choice as any for that. Glad we both agree. Um, all right, uh, let's move away from Rumble. Let's talk a little bit. Uh, let's have some Bret Hart fun. You want to do that now with our next couple of questions? Let's go. I'm ready. Beautiful. I'm always ready. Question number 11. We all know Bret Hart is your number one. You, th- you think he's both the best pro wrestler ever and your favorite. But who's your second favorite pro wrestler ever? Not the second best, but your personal second favorite. Second favorite Roman Reigns. Um, that's the he's the guy. He's been putting on phenomenal matches over the past. Actually, I'll say the entire time he's been main roster, whether it was with the Shield, um, whether it was with the on his own um, in tag team matches with him and Seth as tag champs. They revolutionized tag team wrestling. They put on some barn burners with the Usos before the Usos got credit for being. Uh, great tag team. They revolutionized the six-man tag matches. They made those matter. Um, they split up, and then he became the mega star out of the three of them. Mainstream. He's the best looking in the member of the Shield. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. Seth could give him, Seth's got that like exotic look, but yeah, Roman is objectively the most handsome. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on, he's the guy in every way that you could uh, quantify it. Uh, perfect, Dan. You got that in with like three seconds left before the minute. That's amazing. Well done. And that's why you keep. Cu- that's why you're always welcome back. Because I know a lot of people will give you shit for Roman Reigns' love, but he's my guy too. This is why you and I get along so well. Because good <laughs> yeah. taste recognizes good taste. That's what I'm exactly. talking about. Exactly. Um, we have another Roman Reigns question later, but we're in the Bret Hart zone. So here's question twelve. If you could fantasy book Bret Hart into any match with any other wrestler ever, what would your dream match be that you'd love to see him in? I would have loved to see um, Bret Hart versus Kurt Angle one time, just one time, because um, they both they both can wrestle their asses off, and I think it would have it would have been a really a really great match to see, especially if I don't know if you guys remember this, but when Bret Hart was like the Canadian hero, anti-American, he had a feud with a dude named uh, the Patriot. Mm-hmm. who just so happened to have Kurt Angle's theme song anyway. <laughs> so if, if imagine, just imagine if that was Kurt, like Kurt Angle, the bald head wrestling machine with the mouthpiece 
defending America against Bret Hart, the Canadian anti-hero, if you could say that. Um, that would have been great. Oh, yeah. Waving the Canadian flag in one corner, having that gold medal Olympics for the U.S. in the other. That would be cool. I was going to say Daniel Bryan, but I like the fact that there's the extra USA versus Canada thing with Kurt Angle. Your answer's better. I'll give you credit on that one. I'll take that. I'll <laughs> that. I know Rosenberg doesn't give you a lot of credit often on cheap heat, so I like to give you some <laughs> here where you can get it. Um, I got to earn it. I got to earn it. <laughs> question number 13. Maybe it involves Bret Hart. If you could attend any wrestling match that's ever happened, Live, you give it time machine. Which wrestling match would you want to go to and be sitting in the crowd for? Bret Hart, Owen Hart, um, in the cage, '94, SummerSlam, I believe. I'm, I'm pretty sure that was at the Garden too. So I should have been there. I could have been there, but um, but yeah, no, I missed that one. I had to watch that one live on TV. So that over the WrestleMania 13 or over the WrestleMania 3 main event? I know your feelings toward Hulk Hogan now in retrospect, but nothing else. That's Owen versus Brett. That's your pick. Yeah, because that to me is one of like the, the best matches ever. And I was just so enthralled with that feud too because even like the Austin feud was cool, but um, it didn't – I don't think it had that, that heat behind it that the brother versus brother thing Yeah, had. nothing's better than brother versus brother. Uh, me, I would think uh, – and again, I hate to keep bringing up his name. It's like Voldemort when I'm talking to you, I'm sure. But Hulk Hogan, I'd love to be at him and Rock, the WrestleMania in Toronto, just for that crowd. Um, so either that or the Daniel Bryan WrestleMania 30, the, the second match. I think just to be there when the crowd is going that crazy, I feel like that's what when wrestling's at its best, right? So for one match only, those would be my picks. But yours, that's a good pick too. The brother brother yeah. feud plus Bretton. And, and I was at so. I was at WrestleMania 32. That was like oh, that was all right. insane. So insane. you were there. That's why you couldn't answer that because yeah. you were actually there. <laughs> <laughs> because that was the match, or that was the WrestleMania that got me back into WWE. I didn't watch it, but there was so much news coverage about the Daniel Bryan storyline and the you know Brock beating Taker. So once I saw that on like USA Today and ESPN on my news feeds and stuff, I'm thinking, man, I should see what WWE is up to these days. It looks pretty cool. Then the Shield broke up a month later. Then I watched the pay-per-view, and then I was in. So I feel like for me it would be a nice little full circle to go see uh, Daniel Bryan get that crowning moment to sort of be like the origin story of my wrestling fandom now. But that's very selfish of me. Uh, let's get back to you, Greg. Um, where did I leave off here? Uh, Baba 14. Maybe it's Owen versus Brett. What's your favorite storyline, WWE of all time? The Mega Powers Explode. Mm-hmm. You guys were talking about that on Cheap Heat a lot recently, last couple episodes, right? Didn't you watch the... Yeah, we did like a watch-along of uh, the, the seeds being planted between Hogan and, um, Hogan and Savage when he carries Elizabeth to the back and leaves Savage by himself to, to get beat up by the Twin Towers. Um, but yeah, that that to me is the perfect storyline, and it it it's a year long thing. It's Saturday night's main event. Hey, Greg, you there, man? You dropped off for a second. Hogan helped Savage out, but like, hey, Greg, can you, Greg, can you hear me? Yeah, I, I'm with you. All right, you dropped off, uh, so I'm just going to have you uh, start back because I'll go back and fin- fix it afterward. Um, last thing I heard you say was it was a year-long build or a year-long feud, and then you dropped off. So if you want to just take it from there, okay. then I'll fix it later. All right. 
yeah, it was a it was a year long build, and to me, it was um it was perfect. Like you could just catch the Saturday night's main event and get everything you needed from the storyline. I mean, you saw Hogan save him. They came together um, at the tournament. He helped Savage win the championship. They teamed up to face the Mega Bucks. Um, they were in the Survivor Series together. Then the jealousy thing happened, and then they exploded at WrestleMania. And it was just a perfect year long journey. Yeah, I think, I mean, there's a Mount Rushmore for storylines, right? There's that, there's McMahon-Austin, there's the Daniel Bryan-Yes movement, um, and that's, I mean, you can't go wrong with any of those. So, yeah, good, and Mega Powers Explode, too, the peak of, like, Hulkamania and rock and wrestling. So, I think a lot of people would pick that one. Uh, question number 15, uh, let's just go totally out of left field here. Uh, who's the better actor, John Cena or The Rock? I'm going to say John Cena because 100%. I feel like The Rock plays the same character right. in every movie. Exactly. Thank you. So many people, I was reading an article about this, I think, the other day. I forget where. But that's all The Rock does. He just plays himself, which is great. He's charismatic. He's The Rock, right? But every movie, it's the same thing. John Cena actually yeah. can do funny. He can do dramatic. He can do, <laughs> like, the Marine or those Transformers types. But I think he's got a lot more range. Yeah, one hundred percent more range than um, and the Rock is the character he's playing is the character that we fell in love with on WWE TV. So like he was always going to be fine, but it's just that one note. Yeah, I think as, I'll give the Rock he's better in real life. I think you see him hosting like Titan Games or whatever. I think he's better that way because he can just be himself in real life. But yeah, when it comes to acting, all right, I just want to make sure that you and I are on the same page there. John Cena, yeah. give the guy an Oscar someday. Um, Batista's better than both of them though. Who is Batista? <laughs> that's all right you think so because he doesn't really do, do much he doesn't really do much he has like a uh, uh quietly has a long filmography and um so when you compare drax to him as the villain in the bond movie and then him in this film i think it was called bushwick and uh that film that he did with the rizza he's got some range too he doesn't get the look because those guys are like way more mainstream but he's we're talking just acting and not box office, which I think he's got them in the box office too. He's appeared in like two huge franchises. Um, yeah, but he's up there. Mm. All right, I gotta see more from him on a mainstream stage. I think because like Drax is great and hilarious, but there's not much range there. And that Bond movie, all he did was have like one line, and then he was he was done. You know, right? Was... Which is which, which speaks to the acting though, because he conveyed so much with just like his face <laughs> and his physical. He didn't have to be charming. Uh, we got to do a spinoff inside the actor's studio with, uh, with <laughs> yeah. that guy, Greg, and Mike. That'd be awesome. Um, all right, question 16. Uh, speaking of The Rock, his cousin, we mentioned him a couple times before, your second favorite wrestler of all time, maybe my number one of all time, Roman Reigns. When he comes back, and I'm assuming it's a win, not an if, because we've got faith in our guy. He's going to fight back and get to doing what he loves doing best once again. How would you book the Roman Reigns return? I think that's the time to turn him heel. I do. Well, how would you do, how back, would you do it? It's it's a delicate line to walk, but I think you use his. Uh, I mean, they already had Dean Ambrose talk about his his um, medical condition, and I think you you use that to sort of acknowledge that you know the most support he got was when he was himself, and he announced that he had that medical condition. And then just turn him around and saying, uh, I didn't need it anyway. Like, I beat it before. I knew I was going to beat it again. 
But then you people out there, you need to feel sorry for me. You don't. I didn't need that, and I don't need you. And then just have him go on the care. I don't know, because I feel like when he comes back now, this is the one time to finally make him a baby face that's over as a face, and you're going to throw that away? Um, yeah, because people have always, this is what people have wanted, right? They wanted to see him as a heel, and, like, they wanted to hate him anyway. So now he has, like, a real reason to give people to hate him and hate him for a long time versus one that's just, like, contrived and forced and for a short-term gain. Maybe I just want to see Roman finally loved by all the people, not just half the people. But storyline-wise, yeah, I mean, the heel turn would be... He'd have justification for it, finally. But I don't know. I'd like to see him come back, get the big pop, be cheered for a while. I guess it depends, too. If, like, Seth is a fire baby face by that point, then he's going to need someone to be his heel. Uh, We'll see. I don't like that you're turning him dark so fast, though, but I guess it has to happen sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Let's talk to ladies for a little bit. Uh, Question number 17 uh, Becky Lynch, she's on fire, like we haven't seen in the women's division in a long time. But still, I feel like she's a level below Ronda Rousey and even Charlotte Flair because of Ric Flair, the connection in the mainstream consciousness. Do you think Becky can ever get to the mainstream level of notoriety of Ronda and Charlotte? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think she's going to be always that like one notch under, which I don't think she wants to either, though, because... I mean, you got to think, right? Like, there are people who... There's, like, two categories of popularity when you're talking about um, wrestlers. There are those who cross over into the mainstream and are popular there along with inside the ring. And then there are those who are just, like, just popular uh, in ring and, like, super over in that world, and it's fine. And I think um, CM Punk proved to be one of those people who are just, like, really super over in wrestling and that's it and um even though he's tried to cross over i think becky's gonna be one of those people who are like legendary in wrestling maybe have some success outside of the ring in the mainstream but i don't think it'll go to like ronda rousey levels summed up perfectly in a tight 58 seconds you're really good at this man uh media train media train yeah (laughs) legally trained media train what can this guy do (laughs) Uh, next question. Is Charlotte already the best female pro wrestler ever? Yeah. Yeah. They're like, she just padded the resume at this point. She just like lapping the competition. She came up and she was so good. Um, so flawless, so perfect. I think, I think Sasha's right behind her, but, um, Sasha's career has been a little bit of stop and go. And Charlotte has been like, on from the beginning and always relied on to take things like when they needed somebody to carry the ball for the women's division they always turned to her she always delivered except on moonsaults from the top rope she literally never delivers on those i just want her to hit one for real one of these days and that's all (laughs) i need from her to be you know a perfect female wrestler uh let's see all right we're making up time now because we went long before so now we got some short ones uh coming up quick um question number 19 would you ever want to work at WWE, like, as legal counsel, or do you prefer just enjoying it as a fan and not being involved the way, like, Rosenberg is behind the scenes sometimes? Um, as legal counsel, no, never. Just because, no. Nah, I don't, like, no. It, I would have to sue people. and end up being other fans, right? So, like, if somebody does, like, a, 
like a knockoff version of their song, then I have to be the guy to sue that. If somebody does some merch, then it, I might like it. I'd have to be the guy who comes in there and does that. And like, <laughs> honestly, they don't they don't need me in the legal department. Um, I would like to work there as some type of creative of some sort. You know, have maybe come up with some ideas for shows and things like that. But um, legal, absolutely not. Okay, but you would do creative because some people, you know, like people who love sports don't want to work as a sports reporter because they like sports to be fun and not work. But you'd be cool getting in there doing something creative. Yeah, I'd be cool at like on the right, being on the writing staff or even um, helping them come up with shows for the network and like developing ideas for that. Um, I think that'd be great, but All right, well, legal, no. Guys, find him. That's that guy, Greg, WWE, whoever's listening. He's got a resume and he's available. Uh, question number 20. He's still swole, he's still jacked, but he's also really old. Do you think you could beat Vince McMahon in a street fight today? Yeah. Easy. Yeah. Easy. You are the physically strong and the winner of the JWO yeah. Royal Rumble, so no chance. I mean, the old man's got no chance against you. No chance in hell. I mean, <laughs> listen, man. He, first of all, like you said, he is an old man. He might be scrappy. He might be strong. I know he hits the gym every day, but I mean. I grew up in I grew up in Harlem. You know what I mean. And there's uptown there's Malcolm. No, nah, really, there's a difference between training to fight and then like surviving. You know what I mean? The survival. So, you know, some people do it for fun. Some people had to do it for real. I think I could give McMahon the business if I had to. I love it. It's like the way Finn has the demon that comes out. So that guy Greg has Uptown Malcolm that comes out when he needs to just survive <laughs> exactly. in a fight. That's great. Uh, question 21. Will all elite wrestling ever get to the point that you watch it weekly like you do WWE? Probably. I mean, how much time are we giving them? You know what I mean? They could. could they could with a lot of time and a lot of not just time, but they have to do certain things the right way. You know what I mean? As it is now, I don't think so. Um, and they have a good roster. For me, Not it's not diverse enough. Uh, I would like to see a women's division. Um, and, yeah, I heard them say at one point, you know, they don't want to have any writers. I don't I think I'm into <laughs> that because I'm – I don't want to see like being the elite in a hour long wrestling show form, like because I saw all in and it wasn't it the storyline, creative aspects of it didn't really do it for me, um, and it really didn't separate them apart from WWE too much either. They had celebrity involvement, they had five seconds, the supernatural penis druids, uh, they had the big matches and veterans. I mean, I'm, I'm okay on that. Not doing it for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's too uphill of a battle to climb, I think. But, yeah, 10 years from now, maybe we all look like idiots. But I'm a little skeptical myself. All right, question 22. This one, it'll be the last time I mention him this podcast. After two recent uh, reappearances, I guess you could say, in WWE, Hulk Hogan still not on your good side for understandable reasons. Is there anything, or what would Hulk Hogan have to do now to win you back? Or is that ship just sailed for good? I mean, a sincere apology with, like, uh, continued effort to grow and learn um, would be a good start. But he hasn't started yet, so we can't even have the conversation because he's not – he hasn't even moved in the direction of uh, let's work towards this. It's more of so, like, 
let's put some distance between it time-wise and then people should get over it, which requires no work versus um, like actual intentional working towards change and growth. Yeah, which sadly, I think if we haven't gotten that by now, it's probably not going to happen. And yeah, they're playing a time card. I think I'm there with you. So I guess wouldn't be holding our breath for him to to drop Hulk and be Terry and just say sorry and mean it. I don't think that's going to happen. Let's get to more uh, exciting and and positive things. Question 23. The uh, women's tag titles are getting uh, given out, I guess, for the first time. Contested next month in the Nation Chamber. Who should be the first ever, or first, I guess, now in this modern era, women's WWE Tag Team Champions? Nia Jax and Tamina Snuka. Get out of here. Dark no. Horse favorites. Yeah. I think it's going to end up being Sasha and Bailey. That's my pick. I feel like they deserve it, historically. Deserve it based on what, though, as a tag team? Well, what have Nia and Tamina done as a tag team? Tamina, she looks the part, but she's not great in the ring. Can't do anything on the mic. Nia is like hit or miss for me. She's great in the ring, but can't do anything on the mic, in my opinion. Like, you look back, and it's going to, you know, when you look back on historically, the first tag champ should be someone that's going to be an all-time iconic person in the division. And I feel like Sasha's definitely that. And Bailey's one of the four horsewomen, too. I feel like... Historically, they deserve it. Sure, as a tag team storyline, whatever. But I think when you're looking outside of kayfabe, they they should get the straps. So hold on, you said the first tag team champion should be somebody who historically are uh, doing big things in the vi- division. Yeah. What makes you say that? Because when you look back, like the way they talk about the Intercontinental Title, right? It's like first held by a Hall of Famer Pat Patterson, and they talk about the U.S. Title and all the people that did that. Right. So when they talk about the WWE tag, go ahead. When they talk about the WWE tag team champions, do you ever hear them say the first people to hold this are blank? No, of course not. But this is a different age. This is the first time they're like inventing a title. They did it with the Universal title, I guess. They have a chance to make it more documented and archived because so many people are paying attention now than they were before the internet existed. Yeah. My my point being that like. Who they give it to doesn't make it a big deal. What they do with it makes it a big deal. And I feel like Nia Jax and Tamina as these unstoppable monsters, even like look at the UK championship, right? First champion, Tyler Bate, but who's had the more meaningful run? Pete Dunne. It doesn't matter who they give it to first. It's about what you do with it. Yeah, I'm afraid giving it to them doesn't know – Justice doesn't know service. I think that's just, I don't know. I don't think they've done anything to deserve it unless they start getting billed as legitimate heels now. I feel like they're a, an ineffective duo that's just going to be lost to time. You know what Naya did to deserve it? She broke Becky Lynch's face. <laughs> Not even on ruined purpose. The, ruined the Survivor Series main event. And that would do be. Do it again if you. Uh, that would be the ultimate troll move, I think, to give it to, to someone that, yeah, has a history of ruining main events <coughs> more than making them great. All right, so you, we've agreed so much. That's the one we're going to disagree on. I'm happy with that. <laughs> it can't be all, yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's great for a podcast. No one wants to listen to that. Uh, all right, we ran longer on that one than I expected to, so let's quickly get to <sighs> That the was next heated. One. That was heated. That was. Woo, about to get uh, get you and me in the ring. Um, Jersey Mike versus Uptown Malcolm. Tonight's main event. <laughs> uh, question 24. It's going to be Brock at Royal Rumble, but who walks out of WrestleMania as the Universal Champion? 
If Brock walks out of Royal Rumble as the Universal Champion, he's walking out of WrestleMania Universal Champion. Simple as that. You don't see that being Seth's moment? Yeah, but how many how many people's moments have Brock ruined so far? He ruined the Undertaker's moment at WrestleMania 30. He ruined Roman's moment at two separate WrestleManias. Um, he ruined Dean's moment at the WrestleMania in Dallas just by being lazy. That match was set up so perfectly for um, Dean to do something crazy and for Brock to showcase a different side of himself. It had the perfect stipulation for Dean to come out as looking like a lunatic psychopath. Brock said, F that. He ruined his own moment at WrestleMania 19 by assisting on a shooting star press. I don't think Brock gives a damn about anybody or their moments come April. Well, that sucks. I was getting all excited for a Seth Rollins Universal Championship right in my own hometown, and now you got me thinking that it's not going to happen at all. I mean, it could. It's 50-50, though. I'm not saying it's 100%. I I would like to see it, too, but dealing with the beast. Yeah, and, and dealing with him in real life, I think, is the, the harder thing than dealing with him in the ring. Because, yeah, all that, <laughs> yeah. Oh, tell me about it. Um, all right, well, question 25 then. Uh, he doesn't need it, Brock. So who do you want to see get the biggest push of 2019 in WWE? Samoa Joe, man. Samoa Joe. I want to see him, like, really, really, really mess with people's heads and uh, just beat people up and be violent, and also, like, flame them on the mic. And, and maybe a championship, too, while we're at it. Yeah, why not? I have no disagreements with that. Uh, I'd love to see Rusev for a lot of the same reasons, because I think he's very underrated on the mic, and he's actually funny, and he's the same like Joe. He's huge and can just beat people up. So I think that's a good, like, yin and yang, a face and a heel that could get pushes for similar reasons this year. I'd love to see them both. Uh, 26. What type of match, and mine is the traditional steel cage match, because I feel like it's such a stupid concept now that we have Hell in the Cell. What type of match do you wish we would never see again? If you had asked me this years ago, I would say lumberjack match, but then Seth and Dean put on the most fire lumberjack match that I have to leave it on the table. But um, I guess regular battle royals. Well, I don't give a damn about, like, they don't matter. Yeah, I'd rather were they, were they all match. start in the ring at the beginning? Yeah, I'd rather a gauntlet match than a, a regular battle royal. Yeah, that's fair. They don't do anything for me either, especially when the Royal Rumble is a much more exciting version of it. Yeah, I'm right. battle royal, so it's whatever. But yeah, steel cage match, I just hate it. There's the guys always like climbing to the top. Why don't you just fall off to win? You can escape. It's just, it's pointless to me uh, as well. So that and Punjabi prison matches. I think we've had enough of those. Uh, over the oh, years. that's the one. I think that's the unanimous decision. Yeah, yeah. That one's not even – that's understood. It's not even part of the conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Now some uh, Twitter questions from the, from the people on Twitter. Uh, question 27. This is from at Rush Blazers. Now, he wants to know, why did Bret Hart not win the first Royal Rumble? He said, I got nothing against Hacksaw, but why? And I guess I'm going to ask you – yeah, looking back, like, why did Hacksaw Jim Duggan, of all people, win the first Rumble? Why do you think WWE did not use that as a chance to put young guys like Bret Hart or Bulldog or even give it to Hogan to put them over? Why do you think we got Hacksaw as the first ever Rumble winner? Because looking back now, it looks yeah. really weird. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't think it mattered as far as, like, um, putting a young guy over. So I don't. I, I think there's that. Um and specifically for Bret Hart, I mean, he just had bad luck in Battle Royals to begin with, right? Like, WrestleMania two, I think he was the last one eliminated. Um, 
And WrestleMania four too. I think he was the runner up in that one too. So I just think he had bad luck in Battle Royals. But as far as why Hacksaw, I have no idea. I just think the way we think of it now was not how they thought of it then. This is what I'm saying. If you give the women's tag titles to Nia and Tamina, we're going to have this podcast in 20 years saying, why did they give them the first ever tag titles and not somebody more important? I'm just giving you a glimpse into the future. <laughs> because those, those are the face breakers. Uh-huh. Yeah, take what you can. Uh, question 28. This is, a, this is a triple threat question. Wow, we're getting to the last couple questions here. We're almost at the end. Uh, this is a triple threat question. So the three-parter from uh, at Raw Librarian. Uh, who I play fantasy baseball with, and he's a, he's a huge mark too. Uh, so he wants to know, you can answer these in any, any order. Uh, we all know the world that you're not a big Shawn Michaels fan, but he wants to know, is HBK at least in your top 15 of all time? He wants to know if Harley Race is still in your top five or if he's been bumped by somebody else. And he also wants to know, he's a South Jersey guy, what's your favorite restaurant in Philly now that you moved down there? So answer those three however you want. Harley Race was never in my top five, but he was top ten. Okay, and yeah, he he goes he goes nowhere. He's going nowhere, um, especially when you think about like not necessarily the pioneers, but like the territory guys who um, really brought it to the ring. He's definitely he's definitely staying in that top ten um, just for his NWA work alone. Right, Shawn so Michaels Harley's is. Safe. Yeah, Harley is safe. Shawn Michaels is not in my top 15. That's absurd. I love you, Greg, but that's one of your takes, man, that I just don't, I cannot get behind. Here's, here's, here's why, right? When you think about Shawn Michaels, you got to think about him. You think about three separate eras, right? You think about the 80s, Rockers, tag team era. Then you think about 90s, Shawn Michaels, the sexy boy, boy toy, whatever you want to call him. I guess you could throw in like DX. Shawn Michaels in there too. And then you think about 2002 till he retired, Shawn Michaels. I'm not even going to mention old man Shawn. That's disrespectful to all of them. 80s, 90s, Shawn, trash. 2002 to 2010, Shawn, he was in God mode, but not enough of a God to erase the stink that was Rocker Shawn. And he was boy trash Toy when he won that he, Rumble. Him and Diesel, uh, him and Razor, he, the, the ladder match. I loved Diesel, that stuff at the time. Him and Diesel was a garbage. Him and Diesel was a garbage. And Sean, Sean doesn't have three matches that are great that don't involve Bret Hart. The Razor WrestleMania the, 10 ladder match, the Triple H SummerSlam match, and uh, his Undertaker match. The Triple H. Not 90, Sean. That, the Triple A SummerSlam, like I said. Oh, you're talking, Sean, oh, you're, you're talking just 90, Sean. Oh, no. We got to talk about his whole Sean, career, though, man. 90, and that's what I'm saying. That's the bulk, the bulk of his career. He was trash. So he doesn't get into the top 15 off of eight eight strong years. I'm sorry. I mean, there were strong years. I'm willing to say that. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it's but, crazy that the guy who many people, not me, but many people think could be number one ever. He's not even in your top 15. That's so crazy. No, he's not. And what was the third question? Oh, my uh, your favorite, favorite Philly restaurant. Philly? I gotta say, Green Eggs Cafe. There's a brunch spot, like breakfast brunch. It's mad good. It's really it. I like it a lot. All right, they're about to get shut down from overpopularity because everyone's gonna be flooding <laughs> there now with the Stack Guy Greg endorsement. Um, all right, last two questions, and thanks to the people on Twitter for sending them out. I'm sure you can imagine this is where we were gonna end the show. So, question twenty nine. 
Who We talked about who you would book to win the Royal Rumbles, but question 29, who is actually going to win this year's Women's Royal Rumble? This year's Women's Royal Rumble? I don't know yeah. who's actually going to win. That's such, that one is such a wild card um, because I didn't see Oscar winning, to be honest. So I really don't know. I don't know. And, uh, trying to get the betting odds up here. I should have done this before we uh, did it. Because I think for the men, that'll be our next question. So I looked that up. Here's question 30. Who do you think is going to win the men's Royal Rumble? I think Seth is going to win the men's Royal Rumble. That's what it's all leading up to be. Yeah, I would think so too. All right, so as of right now, on the men's side, Seth, if you know gambling, he's a plus 130 odds, according to some book, uh, Bovada. That's pretty standard, I guess. Uh, and then behind him, it's Braun at plus 440 and Drew McIntyre at plus 500. So Seth, all things considered, a pretty heavy favorite. And then the women's, wow, they have Charlotte as a huge favorite, minus 200, and Becky at plus 150. So for Charlotte, you would have to bet Two hundred dollars to win a hundred. Becky, if you bet a hundred, you would win one fifty. That's how those odds work. So, uh, yeah, Seth and Charlotte. How do you feel about them being the Vegas pretty heavy favorites? I think those are good. Those are good numbers. Um, but uh, the only thing about Charlotte that I don't like as her the favorite is that like it doesn't it doesn't give the Royal Rumble what we what we think of it as. Right? It's just another main event to padding their resume when it could be like a mid Carter getting that bump and winning or, you know, somebody that we don't really think of, but Charlotte's a good safe bet. Yeah. It's, I mean, I agree with you on everything there. Hey, you want to throw a flyer out, uh, Kenny Omega plus 2000. So you bet a hundred bucks, you win two grand. If he wins the whole thing. Uh, I know there's a lot of marks on the internet that are hoping for that. So good luck if you can get it. Um, all right, Greg, we did it. Uh, somehow, I don't know how 31-minute questions got us to like 48 minutes of time. I guess we went a little bit long in a couple <laughs> places, but we it survived. It was a question. It was. That put us way over the top. But we did it, man. We were Rey Mysterio or Shawn Michaels or Chris Jericho, we, the marathon men here. We made it from beginning 10 or Sasha Banks even. So congratulations and appreciate it. Yeah, we made it. I knew we could. Um, you know, now I'm just looking forward to us going to WrestleMania. It's going to be great. Successful, yeah, so I'm, so I'm going. world title win. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, so I'm going to the Rumble. I'm leaving on a Saturday morning, so it's going to be fun. You're not going this year, but you will be at Mania in New York, I assume, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Beautiful. So I will see you there. Let everyone know where they can find more about you and let you know, Twitter, wherever, uh, how bad your Shawn Michaels take and women's tag title takes are. Where can, <laughs> where can they find you for that? If you have any problem with anything that I've said here, you can't handle the truth, number one. Number <laughs> two, number two, you can let me know at StatGuyGreg on Twitter, on Instagram. Um, I have no problem telling you why you're wrong. And he won't. I can guarantee you that. Uh, also, <laughs> make sure to uh, catch Greg on Cheap Heat, the ESPN uh, wrestling podcast with Peter Rosenberg, uh, every week. So make sure to give them a good listen and a subscribe as well. Um, cool, Greg. Well, hey, man, I appreciate it as always, and enjoy the Rumble from home. I'm going to be out there for like the eight hours now. Uh, at least it'll be in a warm climate, but uh, it's always a good time, brother. I appreciate it. No, yeah, thanks for having me on again, Rob. Setting up this five-timers club. Yes, congratulations. Your jacket is in the mail, so keep an eye out there. <laughs> Thank you. Hashtag <laughs> Janela, Janela Show Hall of Fame. 
That's it. The charter member, the first ever in. Just like we had Mariana Rivera was the first unanimous Hall of Fame uh, selection in baseball this week. You're the first I selection, period. Was... So you're in good company. Boom. Love it. Thank All right, so awesome. Much. Greg, appreciate it. Enjoy the Rumble. And to you guys, you can find me at Mike Janella everywhere and head to MikeJanella.com for all previous episodes of the show, uh, including the one where I waxed Greg on our WrestleMania card last year. And also thanks to Grapes for the music that you're hearing right now. Most of all, though, thank you guys for listening. I'll do even better next time. See ya! <laughs>